episode 132 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about our Games of the Month for November 2023. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam, Aaron, and I talk about what we played in November and cheat a bit with games from early December. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to Adam, Aaron, and myself talking about what we played in November. November. That's all I had. Oof. Yes, Vember. Yes, yes Vember. Oh, yeah. wow. Way right. to save it, Adam, because that was oh, yeah. <laughs> starting pretty flat. Though we did not play a lot of games in November. So yeah. that's, that's a little bit fair. Um, we are going to just go ahead and throw our PAX U gaming and really gaming up into this very day into mm-hmm. this one just to just to even things out a little more. We also have Adam here who will contribute some games as well. Yeah. To the November bunch. Four games. Four games? Well, you start off. Yeah. What four games did you play? Oh, boy, that's a reasonable follow-up question. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was um, Tapple, Point Salad, Exit, The Museum of Something, or The Something Museum. Something okay. museum-related. Okay. As well as, um, oh, Oh No Volcano. Oh No Volcano. <laughs> okay. Nice. Those are my four games. Yeah. Which, according to your take on Yes Vember, that's Oh Yes Volcano. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what you did. Yep. We played 16 games between us. How many did you play? 12. 12. So I played just four games solo then. Um, and those were Crocodile, Rise, Challengers, Gorinto, Imperial Miners, Caper, Tricky Tides, Mist Over Carcassonne, Framework, Shelfie Stacker, Traders of Osaka, The Gig, Infiltrators, Newsboys, Rafter 5, and The Royal Limited. Uh, there was one of them that I played... Oh, we I was going to say there was one that we played twice, but no, we each played Crocodile, but separately. Right, that's correct. At PAX yeah. U. Yeah. yeah. So all of those we did only play once. We don't have anything for what game was played the most. Uh, and then what games were added to the collection? Adam, you got tapped this month, in the last month or so? That is correct. Okay. Um, I don't think I got Ono Volcano this month. It was a recent, more recent purchase, but yeah. I don't believe it qualifies. Yeah. The Exit game, I think I might have gotten this month too. I don't know. It was there. Today, the gig came from Kickstarter. At PAX, we got Sale, Apropos, Making Manhattan, a replacement copy of Sprawlopolis, Dosi Duel, uh, Ancient Realm, and Rafter 5. Most of those are button shy games. They are all pretty small box games. We packed very light for packs and really couldn't be bringing back any euros. No, no. If we brought, if we chose just one, it would have required quite a bit of logistics. Strategery. There would have had to be like some socks and clothes packed inside of the open space of the euro box. I would have never thought to do that. Oh yeah. Well, I've I've watched a lot of board game YouTube, um, and then I also got um. Some Food Chain Island expansions and the Royal Limited, those were button shy, but those came through Kickstarter, as well as some unsurmountable expansions. And I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, a Project L Phoenix expansion, which was like six cars. That also is technically Kickstarter. Hmm. Came all by itself. And some play mats that also came kind of by themselves. I would have thought that, um, what was that? I guess that was the month before empire's end because we already talked about oh that. right that's the other one i was thinking of now i think you may or may not have mentioned what i'm about to say but there was a little white okay. deck of cards that came in the mail did you cover that one that's the phoenix expansion the phoenix that little expansion. white box yeah it just says expansion on it so i don't know i know it was 
weird. The, what's good is that they are able to make Project L again. The company shut down for a bit. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, Project L is a really well-produced game and a really good game. Um, but for a minute there, you weren't able to buy a copy. So that Kickstarter was them coming back, selling to the people who had wanted one in their absence of their company. And then they had one little tiny expansion for people like myself who already had, who already backed the other right. one fully. Yeah. What games were sold? We have not sold any games. Adam, did you sell any games? I did not sell any games. I am still trying to figure out. I just haven't. November was busy and we had other things going on, to put it lightly. And I need to get my call list somewhere digitally and decide how am I going to try to sell it. I, I feel need like... to compile it somewhere, whether it's going to be on BGG, whether I'm going to try to go through like different board game community discords to sell it. I did see somebody had this website called Pirate Something, and it will like show you the cheapest UPS and USPS shipping. Oh, stuff. Uh, PirateShip.com. So I'm going to look at that and see, like, how might that work with selling it to individual people? Because I don't really, I don't need, I don't think to get like full value out of them because they're really piling up. I think I need to just kind of go for a bulk discount to someone who's going to appreciate it. I don't know uh, what month a lot it's going to be, but one of these months we're going to have a game of the month and there's not going to be a what did you sell segment where we say we didn't sell any games because there's going to be an entire episode yeah. on the 97 games you sold. This is true. I don't know if I'll make it to 97, but I it's a good chance I'll make it to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then where and with who did we play games? With one another, Aaron and I, yeah. but then also at PAX we played with Linnea and Ruel, their partners some other people from Ruel's community. We didn't play a ton of games, though, at PAX, really. I feel like it was a couple hours each, no, yeah. a few hours each day, a couple hours each day. Uh, Adam, where were you playing games? Uh, so I believe all of these were played with only one other person and all in uh, my residence. Nice, cozy home gaming. Yeah. Not Weekend, wandering about town and playing. Yeah, because we didn't go. That was one thing that kept us from playing games in November. Being very busy, I don't think we took games to the coffee house that entire month. No, and and I mean typically that's an every every weekend. That's an every weekend, week and then like five games, four games. I'm pretty excited about the coffee shop this weekend. I think that we're finally in the clear. I think we're back in town, empty weekend. We can finally get back to the coffee shop. So, with that summary done, now we pick the game that we'd like to bring back to the table. So something we played. There'll be a back to the table. There'll be a collection for a game that you don't want to keep, that you did play. Um, and then there'll be a game of the month. So for back to the table, Aaron, do you want to go first? Do you have something yet? Yeah, I want I want to... For, I'm going to go back to the table. I'm going to go with Crokinole. And it's a very special back to the table because what I want is a custom Crokinole table. So I want to go back and get a table. Back to the table for a table. I want a table. I want a crokinole table. But I want you, a You're bar saying you table. want a like a coffee table. I want like a like a like a what what you what are the high top tables at the bar called? Just high top like a high, high top, top bar top. A high top know. bar table. Crokinole is about the size of one of those. I just want to put legs on it and then have a, a top to cover it so I can use it for Where my coffee. Where is this going in our house? Oh, in the basement just off of the fridge like a little standing area. Oh. All right. He did a good job, boy. You know, I, I didn't know. expect him to have the location ready. I've been, so. I've been thinking about it. He needs to think about it if he thinks he's going to bring it in here. <laughs> yeah, then we can play Crokinole. 
I mean, not you. Adam, when you come, we can play Crow yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't ever, but I know I'm not going to have the same passion for it that you did. Near the end, I did get into a groove where I like got the right flicking style, approach, yeah. whatever, technique to be floating them into the center pretty regularly. And I feel like with games like that, with dexterity games like that, I will kind of get into a flow state, but I'm like, I don't know how to stay there. And when it's over, it's over. Oh yeah. I felt like a push was in more, less than a flick. I didn't know anything about the push. I oh. only did flicking. Oh, I like the push. Okay. So it'd be a, are you, are you a thumb pusher or what, what no, finger are you pushing? A, up there? An index finger pusher. So, you know, just index. And instead of like oh, flicking, so not like a through, instead of through flicking, the... I wouldn't have my thumb with, I would just set my finger on the table oh, and well, just that's push. What, that's what I'm calling flicking. Oh, that, that to me is pushing. I thought you were like, had your finger on it and pushed it forward. Correct. Oh, that seems yeah. incorrect. I don't know if that's I don't allowed. think that's illegal. I mean, I do think that's illegal. Yeah. I don't think that's illegal is oh. what I said out loud, though. Yeah. I do think it is illegal. Yeah. My back to the table, my back to the table is going to be Imperial Miners. I played it solo. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. It's in the Imperial Settlers world kind of even though the mechanics of that game aren't really anything like the other imperial settlers there's regular imperial settlers and then empires of the north which are not the same but they have a lot of similarities to how you're using yeah. cards imperial miners you are not using cards the same way at all you're kind of digging down into this mine sort of doing a uh, t uh tree kind of structure where you're branching out from the card before and as you play a new card, you get to trigger all the cards above it or a path up to the surface above it. And that's how, you know, you're, you're getting your different resources, your points and everything. I really liked it solo. I would like to play it actually multiplayer and just play it again in general. There's a little bit of variation, of course, with the cards you can get, but also um, a few different boards that this other kind of part of the game, there's this board you can move up. There's a few different boards you can use as well. So I was impressed by it on the first play. I almost like immediately replayed it, but just didn't didn't have the time. What are you bringing back to the table, Adam? I'll tell you what's back on my countertop right now. I have a table problem. Yeah, I've taken the root grandmaster yeah, in training throughout the day. So I now so for those of you that don't know, quick overview of Tapple. It yeah. is um, it's got not all the letters. It doesn't have Y, Z, Q, V, U, but all the rest of the letters as push down button levers around a circle on the outside and mm -hmm. then a button you press in the middle and the goal of it is there's a category and you will so this is animals you would have those letter options you would push one down say an animal push the button in the center the next person has 10 seconds to name an animal that starts with one of the remaining letters mm -hmm. and you continue this until someone can't name it the other person gets the card go forward in between whatever i'm doing throughout the day now i just out loud say a category and just play tap by myself to see how many I can name. I'm going to keep doing that forever. It's pretty yeah. fun. I'm having a great time with it. What happens, Adam, if you get through all of the letters? Then you reset the board. It's like a quick reset. And then you have to name two things that have not yet been said in that 10 seconds. Oh, so it kind, of, it, it kind of is exponential. You have to say, like if, if apple has been said and it's fruits, then you, you could say banana and cherry. You could, well... But you go through all the letters. So if you reset all the letters, you could then say like apricot okay. and something, you know, another A, but just not the one you've already said. Oh, but you do, I have, to, but do I have to say two A's? Do I have to say no, apricot? Okay. You just have to say two different letters. Two different letters. Oh, two different letters. Okay, perfect. That are out Got there then. It. And then once that's done, then three, then four. Oh, gosh. I mean, I've never gotten to four. I've gotten to two. Mm. 
not to three yet. I'll get there. That sounds a little more like homework to me personally. I'm glad you're enjoying it, though. If only that was the homework. Boy, I would have been a much better student. Yeah. If that's what the assignment was. Right. Yeah, if that sounds at all appealing and not um, terrible and horrifying, <laughs> I, I recommend on, on sale at Target. Uh, oh, yeah. Right easy now. to get a copy of Tapple, I imagine. Yes. And now for collection, was there a game you played that you think uh, you don't want to play anymore or maybe even you don't want to have anymore? I'm going to break the rules. Oh, all right. The game that I'm going to list for my collection is not a game that I don't like to play. In fact, okay. it's a game that I love to play. Uh-oh. However. Sounds like it's going to be a me problem. Every time I play it with Kelly, yeah. Kelly gets upset. And okay. you know what I don't like? Upset Kelly. So what I would like what to call is Traders of Osaka. Oh, did I? I didn't get upset this time. I think you talked about how you almost got upset and it was too close for comfort for me because. Oh, I don't. You said you didn't like it. I don't really. I mean, that's accurate. I don't really like it. In Traders of Osaka, it's what is nice about it. It's a small box card game. It has dual use cards. Yeah, they just look like regular cards. So it's not like they have two halves on them. It's just if they are in your hand, then they are currency. Mm hmm. And if they are in front of you, they are goods and, that and you actually, can deliver. It's, it's three use cards because if they're in a face down stack next to you, they're points. Well, that's true. But that I felt like was a very, I think the game is cleverly made. And I think that's another clever thing about it, that they give you a way to keep score without you needing to have a separate pencil yeah. and paper or whatever else. So as you play through the game, the sea uh, trade route to Osaka is like five different ports. Yeah. And, and as you ship these goods, which things ship when you claim them from this center row, and it ships for everybody. Yeah, there's ships that are shared between you. So like... Yeah, so if you have red goods, they just go on the red ship. Nobody owns the red ship. But you can have shares of the red ship. Shares? Well, that's what I call it when you have the goods in front of you and would score for the red ship. Oh, I just think that that's goods that you're sending on that ship because oh. you get to score when that ship goes. Anyways, those I, ships move I'm along. owning that ship, apparently. Not surprising. And we are getting into my frustration, apparently. So when you are shipping those things along, you get points. As Aaron said, you kind of, you basically turn those cards over. It's a little more complicated than that, but you basically turn those cards over. You get to put them in a pile and say, okay, these are the ones I shipped. And the slight difficulty with that is that there is a certain area of this trade route in the sea that's very dangerous. So when a ship gets to the end, gets to Osaka, to Osaka, the any of the ships that are still in the last two ports get like decimated by a tidal wave or something. And they, and they have to go to the backwards, not, the, not, not all the beginning. Backwards, but, they go yeah. back to the outside of the danger zone. But that means if you had things that, if you had goods on those ships, so to speak, things in front of you that you would be shipping on those boats those things get washed away as well there's a little bit of insurance you can do but more or less those things get washed away and you are trying to pay and acquire these cards because when you take a card from the row you can either put it into your hand use it for currency or you can, you buy, can buy you have to buy everything that's out there and oh, it's such a good game yeah he's just getting more and more excited you have to buy everything that's out there and then those cards go in front of you and help the ships move along. And then, so, like, if you take a card that's out there for currency, you make the buy cheaper for your opponent. Yes, because they're, they're taken, either fives, threes, or twos. Yeah, so if you take a five off, and it's like a five, three, two, you the cost to buy is now five instead of if it was ten. It's, it's, but you, you also what? don't get changed, so that kind of works into it, too. If you just have a bunch of fives, you might end up 
kind of wasting a lot of money yeah. because you don't have the right amount to make change to uh, buy different chips. There's a little bit of reserving you can do. We didn't do any, I don't think, reserving. I don't find that the it's strategically one. advantageous a lot of the time. I think you have to have a higher play count, yeah. maybe. Um, so, yeah, Traders of Osaka, it's one of the games we've had for a very long time. It's one of the older games in our collection. It is true that I'm rarely excited to play it. Something about the dual nature of the cards being the currency and what you need to ship just doesn't really excite me i think in a way that i get strategically into it yeah it feels more like a hassle than it does like an exciting puzzle for me and i think it's something that you are inherently better at like you're pretty good at estimating and understanding the flow of having currency in your hand and getting things shipped and i definitely don't count the colors that come out to know what's the most likely colors to continue to come out are you serious well i mean i definitely I mean, yeah, I, I'm... I'm assuming you mean that you do that. I'm, I'm keeping a loose count of the colors remaining. No wonder I don't like... You know what? I was going to keep it, but it's not sounding great. Adam, yep. any of the games so, that you got... I mean, I know the exit one. You don't really have a choice. If, I'm going to call the exit game. But I'm, a, I'm an exit enthusiast where I'm yeah. going to get another exit game. So I think that doesn't count in that nature. Um, no, I think... So, Oh No Volcano. I like... But I can already feel the novelty wearing off a little bit of it, where mm -hmm. having played it over several uh, mm -hmm, instances, mm -hmm. it's less fun than the first time yeah. and the second time. So I can feel it just kind of, I, I'm not getting rid of it yet, but I can feel it coming. There's a yeah. strong breeze of call in the air. Yeah. Right. Like you've kind of seen what it has to offer. Correct. And now I've not played with like a person that's not played it that could maybe add some energy back into it. Like, ah, right. oh, someone else gets excited with the novelty then. But when it, you're playing with the same person you've been playing it with throughout the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's waning for sure. Right. You both just kind of know how this goes. Right. Yeah. And it, it's it's got some good points. It's, it's a very close game all the time, but also in the way where it's kind of like, I don't know, no matter what we seem to do. Oh. We're always like one turn away from one person winning or the other. Yeah. Which in a game of like fireballs and this and that also feels like, I don't know, it feels maybe that's really well good design, but it feels also odd that it's always like that. Because this is the one that's like 3D, it like stands up in the box, right? Correct. It's like Plinko style with fireballs knocking off climbers up going up a volcano. That does sound pretty fun. And it is fun. And I would highly recommend people, people get it. Um, again, it's available quite a few places right now, I think. So um, it seems like a fun holiday game. I think younger people would get a good kick out of it as well. You know, um, does a fireball hit you or not? So yeah, it, it's it's worth checking out, but it may not be, I wouldn't like make a permanent space in your shelf for it. I, I think there'd be one like under the couch. You just gave me a great idea for like a hybrid game. How fun would it be to play high risk? And instead of when you rolled poorly, you fell off you had to throw fireballs down the mountain at yourself and high risk was played on a 3d mountain high risk. Yeah. That's the one where you're like, you're trying to move all your four climbers up the thing and there's biovax. Oh, I don't need more in high risk. Oh, well, it's already high risk. What are you getting rid of Keller? Um, I don't, I don't know that anything that I just played will literally leave. And we played a few things that we don't actually own being at PAX. We are playing things that aren't actually in our collection. I think for things in the collection, uh, Royal Limited, I didn't love it on the first play. And we'll see how that shakes out. I felt like it's just the kind of combinations you need to do in order to 
score the right amount of points. I think it might just take a couple games to kind of understand that. I'd say that the one, I don't really care much for Challengers. Oh. Which is not a game that we own. Yeah, it's a, you kind of build up a deck and you have this, it's, it's built so you can have like a tournament style card game in one box instead of everyone like having to buy packs of cards or something like that. I don't know if I played it more, if I would see something that I'm not seeing on just the play that I did, but it felt, I didn't, it felt too random to me for me to like kind of get engaged in it. Yeah. And I felt like that's what it was trying to be. Trying to be that random. Yeah. And maybe like, maybe that's the joy of it. Maybe that's the whole purpose of it is that there is no kind of deeper analysis to it but i think it's pretty easy to be drawing cards and then not to necessarily have any sort of synergy i know you can draw twice every time you get the opportunity to draw cards and i think there's a i don't know if it's always a tournament of seven or so matches so there's a lot of times that you are drawing cards so if you drew twice you will get through a lot of cards but i think the strategy is pretty basic though have the fewest types of cards done so that they stack, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, so that you don't, yeah. So you don't yeah, because as you, as you play cards and you just flip over, the, you don't have a hand of cards, you just flip over the top card of your deck, kind of like War. I think I'd rather just play War. Oh, War sucks. Well, Let's yeah. talk about Game of the Month. What's the game? Am I going first for Game of the Month? You can go first for Game of the oh. Month. Let's go, Aaron, what is your Game of the Month? Yeah, that'll be the question. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Miss of Carcassonne for my Game of the Miss Month. Miss Over Carcassonne. Miss Over Carcassonne, yeah. And here's the, so... I haven't played Carcassonne in a long time. Playing Carcassonne is, in my life, inevitably been um, like a version of a game called Kelly Wins because Kelly's very good at Carcassonne. Um, yeah. Like apparently, like she has like this farming superpower. You yeah, basically, I really like the field. Shouldn't try to fight for the fields apparently against. Apparently, in the app, you can just turn off the fields and not play with them. Oh well, I mean, I probably yeah, would I had be no much idea. better at Carcassonne if I had no but, idea. The reason it's my game of the month is it's cooperative. I thought the way that they changed the scoring and the rules for the cooperative thing were pretty fun. I enjoyed playing it cooperatively with the four people we played it with. And it's kind of campaign style. And honestly, I could have said bring it back to the table because I, I want to play the rest of the campaign. It was fun. Oh, I forgot that it had a they campaign. Add, it, they it add gets, rules. Yeah. It gets harder, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, of course yeah. We, it's more we, of an escalating difficulty. Easily, but I think that's that's good in a campaign game to have the first game be easy. Yeah, and you're trying to it's it's regular Carcassonne as far as how you lay out the tiles, but you're all just keeping score as one meeple on the scoreboard. Yeah. When you pair up for cities, you both you get both, the points yeah. for the city instead of it just being the person who got more points, and you're trying to get to a point threshold before the ghosts take over. And it's such a contentious game. And like a, it's a little take thatty, and like when you play it in regular Carcassonne, yeah, when you play it cooperatively, like everyone's like, oh, how can I get you on my city? And you know what? I just had a good time. I think that's great. I, I, I don't think that's super common for you to get as excited about cooperative games. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah, I think there was one game recently. I forget. It was a cooperative game, and I was thinking about like how I could like count cards and get an edge over everyone. And I was like, oh wait, it's cooperative. Cooperative. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, Kelly, you what's have... your game of the month? Oh, okay. Well, I'll go. Um, I think, honestly, I I really like Infiltrators. I'm not going to say it's my game of the month. Honest, I can't remember if it was my game of the month when, oh, we, the first, month, yeah. when, when we first played it or not. But probably not, because it was Gen Con. We might have had a lot of competition in that month. In any case, I'm going to pick Rafter 5, oh. which we played at the airport. To a flourish. To a flourish. Well, at the end. 
Okay. So in Rafter 5, it's an Oink Games box, which Oink Games boxes are bigger than a deck of cards, but not a whole lot bigger. And for Rafter 5, you use the box as a platform to start the game. Which I think is a cool thing. Yeah. I like when games use the box. It's like, you know, it's right there. You have all of these slim cards that are a little wavy, but that hardly matters. And they're meant to be like planks of wood. You uh, divvy up these little wooden boxes, basically cubes, among the people playing. And then there are five rafters, which are like meeples that come in different sizes. Like some are big, some are little. And every when it's your turn, you place uh, one of the planks, the little card planks, on top of the box so that it's hanging off. I guess it doesn't have to. Does it have to hang off? Um, the plank thing? I don't think it does. I don't know that it does, but it, it will. It will. Uh, over time, at least. So you put that on there. You put a rafter on it as well. One of those five meeples. And then you put one of your boxes on it. Which I think it's like a treasure or right. something, thematically. And then you keep going around. Well, once five people have gone, whether that's five turns or five different people, all five of the rafters are on planks. Well, now you have to take off a rafter and then put on a plank and then put that rafter back down. But because these planks are hanging off the end of the box, some of them are keeping the uh, your little cubes from falling off. Right. So it becomes this physics puzzle of which one can I take off? How can I add another plank? When you add a plank, it has to touch a plank that's already on there. How can I add another plank? And if in doing your turn, you knock some of the cubes off, we knock your own off, they just come back to you. If you knock off ones from another player, then penalty cubes. they are penalty cubes. And if you get five penalty cubes, you're out. So the game will either end because everyone else gets out or because, because Aaron knocks everything off well, of the thing with a flourish. Yeah, okay. Or because you've gotten all of your cubes onto the raft that you're creating. Because it's kind of like you're putting all these planks to make this big raft that's floating. Right, which on I, top I do think box. in a multiple-player game, it's way more possible, which I didn't think of until you brought it up the other day. Yeah, I think that could happen depending on how you placed it. Um, so yeah, and it was, again, small enough that we played. The airport had kind of big tables, but we played on an airport table and we went a pretty long time. Neither of us got any penalties. I'm, I mean, maybe I knocked one of my own, a couple of my own off really early. Oh, yeah. You, I think you did. In fact. Really you, early. Yeah, you lost the and what ended up happening was uh, on one of Aaron's turns, we had a lot. We had a good sized raft going. And he was doing things where I was like, I didn't think that's how physics worked. So I'd be surprised that things weren't falling off. And you just you end up having to do that because you run out of better options the more that you stack on there. So it wasn't him taking off a rafter, but when he put one on... It just broke the whole thing. It broke the whole thing, and it just, like, bent on every side over the box. Like, I mean, every different side just fell off. So, like, everything fell off in one nothing motion. nothing on top of the box. Anymore. There was not a plank. There was not a treasure. There because was not would, a meeple. It had become... Because you have to lay one plank over the other, everything had become so interconnected. Like, if you said, Aaron, do something and make everything fall off the box it'd be a much harder game done it yeah, yeah it'd be a way harder game yeah. yeah so it's uh pretty light pretty silly a little dexterity game you could play it with almost anyone because i think if you play it with maybe younger kids who aren't necessarily going to be as skilled at understanding how yeah. to perfectly place things that kind of spatial logic then you'll just have more penalties and that's probably how it'll go and if you play with more uh kind of advanced dexterity players then it's more likely, I think, to be something like what happened with us, which is just at some point it just collapses. It just, yeah, it just collapses. Yeah. Adam, what's your game of the month? Uh, I'm going to pick the 
I'm going to pick the entire Exit series of games, Ooh. not necessarily just this one that nice. I played. I think they're fun. I think I've only played, I guess, a couple. We did played one. Mm-hmm. I played one this past weekend, and they're delightful. I think they're appropriately hard. I have to use the clues every time. I get stuck at some point, mm. and which I like. And it's pretty exciting. There's always some sort of a, oh, that's cool moment on things. Um, and maybe I'll stumble into some that are awful. But for now, they're doing a great job. Yeah. I would like to keep playing those because they're fun and exciting yeah. and there's a they don't take that long you can throw them away yeah yeah, yeah. I like throwing a game away they're not going to clutter things up you did it it was experience it's over exactly there's something pure to that i think that rolls into what i'm looking forward to which we usually do at the end very often i say well i pick something i'm looking forward to and i end up not playing it end up getting distracted by other things what have you but i'm looking forward to doing the exit advent calendar Adam and I have different calendars that we are working on from, I think, one and two years ago. Neither one of us have the calendar from this year. And it's an advent calendar like anything else. Every day, there's a little bit more of the puzzle that you're opening for 24 days. Now, a little behind because I went to PAX and I definitely didn't travel with the advent calendar. So I'm going to get caught up back into the daily rhythm and then uh, be doing that for the rest of almost the rest of the month. I'm going to chime in because I'm also very excited about this. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little behind as well because we wanted to talk about how we were going to approach this and mm-hmm. make sure that we were like on the same page. So, uh, yeah, look for that update or future episode. I'm sure we'll we'll dive into that, but I'm sure they're going to do a great job and bring the Christmas cheer. Yeah. And if you want to watch an old one, now that there have been many months of or many years of advent calendars, uh Board Game Geek on their game night has they did one last year where they went through the calendar day by day and posted a new one every day. And they're doing it again this year, I'm pretty sure, where they're posting every day. So nice. now there's a few out, and it seems like, at least for the it, it, it doesn't, there's no indication that they're going to stop doing them anytime soon. So you could watch one of those to understand how it goes and just pick a different calendar to do um, after that. And then I think one of Kelly's favorite games is Ex Libris, and it happens to be on the list of games we haven't played this year. Oh, yeah. I think we should make that happen in December, and I am uh, looking forward to it. We have both a new edition of that game. They made a second edition. I can't really decide if I want to keep... I bought it because I was like, yeah, second edition. And then I just had, I guess, a little bit of nostalgia for the first edition, and I was like, do I really want the second edition? But there's also an expansion that came out along with the second edition. Oh, nice. Yeah, that is a good one. Thank you so much for listening to episode 132. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. As you've heard, last month was a bit light for us, but we're back at it, already having played lots of new games in the last couple weeks, which you'll be hearing about soon. We also hope to have some sillier one-off episodes coming up as well, but the next episode will be... Actually, not quite sure, but let's say it will be a review of Builders High and Our Eco, two small box Japanese games that we liked quite a bit. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 131 more episodes headed your way, the next one being our recap of PAX Unplugged 2023. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. (laughs) 